Hi, welcome to the Love at First Write podcast, where we talk about all things romance writing and reading with your podcast hosts, Lucy Mitchell, Bettina Hunt, and myself, Lucy Keeling. We'll be talking through yours and our book writing woes, what we're enjoying reading and how we can get the words down. You can find us on all the streaming platforms and across all the socials. Hi and welcome to this week's episode which is a special episode as we have an amazing guest um, but first of all let's do a writing update. So then Bettina Hunt what have you been up to? Oh well, I've had a very um, uh, productive week actually. I've um, created a cover which I'm completely happy with for my next next novel uh, um, and I've I got past a really tricky stage in my um, editing of my current work in progress. And now that I've got through that stage, I'm flying. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it now again. Brilliant. Lucy Kay. Hi. Um, this week, I've mostly been in bed. Um, not very well and fast asleep. So not a lot of work done on the whip. Um, and but, ha- but no, actually, I did manage to do some of the synopsis, synop- synopses, so the plural of synopsis. Yes. Um, I got some of those done, so that's good. Cool. Okay. Um, I did absolutely nothing this week. Uh, <laughs> So that's something for me. Um, I read a lot, though. So, yeah, I read far too many books. But um, I find that if I get writer's block, I just read too much. So, yeah, that's my update. Well, today we have a very special guest with us, and uh, we're really delighted to have you on our very first guest on the love at first right podcast hello kim nash hello 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 wait the reason why we're so excited to have you on is that you wear so many different hats within the publishing world you're an author you're um, the publicity director for booker Chew, which we'll be talking about in a bit and um you organize events um you have a blog to do with uh, books as well. Um, I, I'm in awe in just how you've managed to fit all of this in, as well as have a, a social life as well, which I'm sure yeah. you do. So, yeah. so can we start, first of all, can you tell us a little bit more about you? I mean, I've just literally scratched the surface. And uh, tell us about yourself and the books that you write. Yeah, sure. Um, thank you, firstly, for I'm honoured to be your first guest. Um, it's really exciting. It was so lovely to listen to that, um, what do you call it, inaugural? maybe um q a it was a q and a get to know us i was laughing my head off at you you three talking about what you like to do on your desert island i'm so in with all of those agreed with everything so honestly it's so lovely to be here thank you for asking me um so yeah as um bettina said i am um i work for bookshore i'm the publicity director uh, which is my full-time job um i write in my spare time um, I also organise book sort of author events, connecting authors and readers together. I used to do that quite um, nationwide until I had a dog. 
And then I realised that I couldn't just bugger off to London and kind of, you know, just go and swan about and stuff like that. But I had to kind of get back for certain times of the day and things like that, which kind of spoilt my uh, fun, to be honest. Um, but loved sort of organising those sort of events as well. Um, a book blog. Mm, my book blog is not particularly active at the moment. Um, I don't post very often on there, to be honest. Something I had to give, and sadly it was my book blog. I also run a book club, and, and one of these physical ones where you actually get together and we sit in a room and sometimes drink wine, but mostly drink coffee and eat food and stuff. So that's really good fun. And that's been going for... That's lovely. Oh, probably about nine years now. I think my book club's been going. So it was something that I kind of... And this is me all over. I wanted to join a book club. There wasn't a book club around, so I set one up. And I kind of have all these good ideas and then go, why am I doing this? Um, like, I'm also on the um, committee of my local WI. So... Um, I thought that I would join a WI because it'd be something to do for one Thursday a month. And then I ended up being on the committee and all sorts of things like that. So I am just that person that gets involved with things that really don't need to be involved in. <laughs> um, I'm also, on top of all that, I am mum to a nearly 16-year-old and um, a mad bonkers English setter dog. And does, does the dog have a name? Very important with pets. Does it have a name? He does, yes. He's lying by the side of me at the moment. He's very used to me being on um, a call like this. His name is Ronnie. Okay. And oh. does he does he like listening to your romance novels that you write? Not, well, not really, no, to be fair. <laughs> he pretends he does. He's very good at pretending. Like, is he? <laughs> like mine. Yeah, mine's like that. Yes. So, yeah, that's me. I write um, uplifting. Well, this is what I think they are. Whether other people think they are is a different matter. I think they are uplifting. They're heartwarming. They are books about characters who go on a journey. I write about strong women who kind of don't need to be rescued, but they rescue themselves. Um, they always have gorgeous characters in them, gorgeous men that are kind of... Um, somebody that is nice to have in their life but they don't really need them um i write about friendships i write about family and pull all of that lot together oh yeah and you can plug them if you like so do you, will you tell us the titles of your lovely books oh yes first then my first one i've got to remember them all now my first one was called amazing grace my second one was escape to Giddywell grange and then i brought out sunshine and second chances then Moonlight over Muddleford Cove, then Snowflakes over Muddleford Cove, five, six was Hopeful Hearts at the Cornish Cove, seven is about to come out on October the 3rd, which is called Finding Family at the Cornish Cove. Can we, I'm writing number eight. Can we just mention your obsession with lighthouses? Because yeah. ever since I got into your book, um the hopeful hearts i've just been obsessed with lighthouses i end up buying an ornament lighthouse so we just and i blame you kim for that <laughs> i have if you look closely for this is going to be really useful for the listeners obviously but i have lighthouse earrings in that somebody bought me for my birthday oh wow. amazing <laughs> really weirdly when i looked around my house after i'd written this book about lighthouses I looked around my house and kind of went, oh, that picture's got a lighthouse in the background. And, oh, God, that picture's got a lighthouse in the background. And then I found, like, lots of lighthouses. I've got loads of lighthouse ornaments, all sorts of things, beach huts, lighthouses, all of that. So kind of had to happen. Fab. Amazing. 
and I know like how well received your books are as well Kim like just absolutely gorgeous gorgeous books um and um I'm right in thinking that one of them nearly won an award nearly yeah it was um I was sitting in a meeting one day (laughs) and I got an email you know and you're kind of listening and but you're not really listening and um I probably shouldn't say this when people I work with might listen to this um but I had an email from somebody at Amazon and he said, I'd love to, um, I'd love you to give me a, your number so I can give you a call. And I kind of thought, oh, this is a bit weird. Um, so I kind of, I, I actually just left the meeting, <laughs> left the meeting um, and sent him my number and he rang me straight away and said, you've been nominated as one of the um, shortlists for the Storyteller, Kindle Storyteller Award which was kind of really great, but it was in lockdown. And he said, I'm not sure what we're going to be able to do, but normally we have a big fancy ceremony. Div- um, I said Davina McCall, then it wasn't her result. It was Claudia Winkleman was the going to be the host of it. So Claudia gets to read all the books. And then we all go to London and have this lovely swanky do. And Claudia will announce the winner. And I kind of said to him, um, oh, that's great. I didn't really think that much of it, to be honest. And I said, how many people kind of entered? And he said, oh, about 11,000 people. And I said, so how many people have got through to this stage? Wow. And he said, five. Oh, and I was like, oh, okay. And I kind of thought, okay. Five. Yeah. And he said, um, so the prize is a big marketing campaign with Amazon. Um, you get loads of stuff from Amazon as well. Um, some mentoring from Amazon and £20,000. So obviously the twenty thousand pound was the thing that really stuck out to me. Who my son was like sitting there going, right, I'm gonna write my shopping list, this is what I want. And um he wanted a gaming PC, so it was like really up for this thing. And it was funny because right from the start, I can't I had to keep it a secret and they sent photographers out to my house. It was just bizarre because because it was in lockdown, we couldn't go to the ceremony. But they wanted Davina, um, do I keep calling her Davina? Um, they wanted um, Claudia to have life-size cutouts of us. So they came to our Yeah, they did all these mad photographs and everything like that. So I'm like prancing around my house in an evening dress in the middle of the day, um, having all these photos took. Um, and then we had to do the ceremony and it was literally me and my son, Ollie, sat in my dining room and Claudia comes up on Zoom, just like you are now. And she's like, oh, hi, Kim. So nice to meet you. I read your book. And she's talking to me about my book. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's Claudia. It's Claudia. <laughs> just bonkers. Um, and Ollie's, like, sitting there. And right from the start, I'm a bit of a pessimist, I think. Mm. So I kind of like to think the worst. So that if the best happens, that's really great. Pleasant surprise, but yeah. if I kind of think the best. I will really drop from a great height. So I'm it's weird, isn't it? Because mm. um, people always say, you've got to start believing that you can do all of this and everything. And I was kind of like, I don't want to believe it because if I start believing it and then it doesn't happen, I'm going to be really disappointed. So um, people were saying, you could win this, you could really win this. And I started thinking to myself, do you know what? I could, I could actually really win this. Um, and then Claudia comes up and she does all this stuff online and... Um, she goes, and the winner is Anna McNuff. And we all kind of went, Congratulations. Yeah. 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 I, like, I was thinking it was shit. There goes Ollie's gaming PC. Am I allowed to say shit on your yeah. podcast, by the way? It's too late. 
Mine's fine. Okay, don't worry. It's gone. And I kind of went, oh my God. And Ollie got up and just walked out the room because it was like, oh, and that was the bit that upset me more than anything. Oh, could you imagine though if that had been like a real life ceremony and you just walked up there? And it was really funny because the year afterwards we could go to the ceremony. So we went um, and Anna McNuff, who was the winner, was there. And she kind of came up to me and gave me a big hug. And I was like, oh, my son hates you because you didn't have my phone in PC. <laughs> and she was lovely. Oh, sounds amazing. Um, and I've completely taken us off topic with that conversation, with that question already, Kim. So oh. I'm, I'm the rogue one in this um, scenario, let me tell you. Um, to bring us back on track, though, so um, my question is, you've got all these incredible books and these incredible experiences, um, but what inspired you to become an author and what was your route to being published? Um, I always wanted to be an author. As a little girl, I used to sit and read Enie Blyton books and I wanted to be Enie Blyton. Um, I thought that to be an author, you had to sit in a house, big house, you yeah. had an upstairs office, <laughs> big house, overlooked a beautiful garden, which overlooked the sea and you had a gate yeah. in the garden. I'm sure we all, yeah, we all know this feeling. And that was what you had to do to be an author. But I still wanted to be an author. I wanted to work for a publisher because I thought you got to sit and read books all day. And I wanted to be an author because I thought you get to sit and write, write, write books. So it was kind of that that made me want to be an author. I had a, I had a lovely life. I had a fabulous family. And I never wanted to escape anything. But those books still made me escape. So I could still go and, you know, jump in the little sailing boat with the famous five and go and do, you know, go and have all these big adventures on a Cornish coast and stuff like yeah. that. I just loved it, and that was the thing really that made me want to be an author. Lovely. Um, so from there, I think I just kind of, I've always been a reader, always loved books. And then when I picked up a book called A Spring Affair by Millie Johnson, I was at a stage of my life where um, my son was very, very young. I was partner to somebody who had a, um, a daughter, so I was a really busy sort of stepmom and mom. And my life just was really busy doing everything for everybody else. And I kind of thought to myself, I need to do something for me. So I read this book by Millie Johnson. It's called A Spring Affair. And it was about a woman who went into her local dentist surgery and she picked up a magazine article and it was about clearing clutter. And when she got home, she went on this big clutter clearing experience. But then she realised it wasn't the clutter that she needed to clear in her life. She needed to make massive changes in her life. So clearing all the clutter wasn't the thing that needed to kind of happen. And it just sort of started a whole process for her. And I always remember at the front of this book, it said, if you've enjoyed this book, contact me, millie at milliejohnson.co.uk. And I thought, I'm going to do it. I am going to contact the author. Oh, She's wow. To me. It's never going to happen. I'm going to email her. So I emailed her and I just said, this book really resonated with me. It's made me really think about things. Um, and within an hour, she wrote back to me and I'll still to this day never forget what she said. And she oh, said, you lady are the reason I write books. Oh, oh. oh I love her now. I love yeah. Millie. Yeah. I love Millie. Millie. She's fantastic. So at the time, I then decided to set up a book blog. I worked for a company who did sort of tra family travel blogging. And I kind of, um, I set up a book blog and I said to her, you know, do you think it's something that would be worth me doing? And she said, yeah. And funnily enough, the first blog post I wrote about her book, I put a massive spoiler in the blog post. 
And she came back to me and she went, would you mind just taking that little bit out? She just told everybody what happens. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, but that kind of made me get involved in the process of kind of being in publishing and working with different authors. And it was something I've always wanted to do. My mum died as well in 2016. Um, God, I've just said 2016 and it wasn't 2016. So it was 20, um, 2007 my mum died. Um, and I wrote when mum died, it was obviously a huge, had a massive impact in our family. And one of the things that I found was easy to do for me was to write down how I was feeling. So I just kind of typed some stuff into my computer because I didn't want to tell my dad how I was feeling because I knew he was already upset. I didn't want to tell my sister because she was the same. And I just kind of wrote these things down. Then I went off to do all these other things. And then after I'd kind of got involved with, with Millie and we kind of chatted and we talked about different books and stuff, um, I got more and more involved, started working for Booker Chore and was just surrounded by other people that were living my dream. And I kind of thought, do you know what? Maybe I could do this. Oliver, who ran Bookature at the time, um, it was his company he set it up, was really, really encouraging. And he just said, if it's what you want to do, then, you know, have a go. So I did. And this, this is great. It's a great story, that. That's brilliant. I love that. Sorry, I did witter on a bit. No, it's, I'm, just, I'm just totally captivated by what you're saying. I love it. I loved how you wrote to the Millie, uh, Millie Johnson. I love that. It's great. I'll set you off. Um, so then, Kim, so you have so many different hats. How do you make time for your writing? It's a really, really good question. Um, because I am the queen of procrastination. Are you me? I don't think you'd be a queen. Yeah. No, I'm absolutely useless, to be honest. So... I'm really quick, so once I get my bum in the seat and start typing, I'm really quick, and the thoughts come out my head and I have to get it down. So I can do, I always laugh because like loads of authors kind of go, oh, I do my thousand words a day, and I'm like, thousand words a day, is that all you do? I can do that before I've bloody gone to work in the morning. Um, so once, I'm, once I go, I'm really quick. Yeah. Um, but getting me started is absolutely horrendous. <laughs> I'm a binge writer, so I can do a weekend. I can do 10,000 words in a weekend. Dead easy. Easy. Yeah. But sitting, getting me to sit down and do 2,000 words a day yeah. is really difficult. I can do it. If I want to do it, I can do it. But I will find everything possible. Yeah. To get Love it. I even clean the oven sometimes. And I'm like, it's really important that I clean my oven today. Yeah, what what edits this house needs sorting or exactly. But you've also but you, Kim, you were saying at the start as well that you've got like a million different um hats and the WI and the family and the everything else and work and writing. Like something something's gotta go, surely. I mean you said yeah. as well that you'll be a blog maybe or something that you've had yeah, to do. Yeah, my blog and I've had to kind of cut back in in August as well. I've made a really conscious decision to say no to things. Mm. So, you know, this was one of the things I didn't want to say no to, but this and another Facebook Live, if it's something, the only thing is I've done in August. Because I, was, because I love doing it and because I love what I do. If somebody says, do you want to do a Facebook Live and chat about books? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. If I've got a local bookshop, you know, in my local high street, which I can walk to, we've opened up and um, said, we, I feel like it's my bookshop. Um, 
there has been a new bookshop open and Nancy, the lady who owns it, is just like, do you want to come and interview some authors? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And I just go and do these things because I love doing them. Yeah, yeah. So for me, to promote somebody else's book on social media, because that's kind of my background, it's what I've always loved doing from my blog, from my from my job, you know, I'm, I'm really happy doing that. And it kind of puts off the writing as well. The only reason I started working at Booker Shaw is because when Oliver, who set up the company, in, um, messaged me and said, would you read this book by Sue Watson? And I still to this day don't know what made me do it. I put at the end of this email, I said to him, if you ever know of anybody who wants somebody that works in publishing, who would love to get involved in publishing, but doesn't work live in London, you know, but is really passionate about books, I would be really, really interested to kind of get involved. And he was at the point, there was only him at Bookature at the time. And he said, I'd love to take you on on a freelance basis. And I used to, we used to laugh because he used to say, um, I used to say, didn't, if you didn't pay me, I'd still do it anyway. It doesn't matter because <laughs> I just love doing what I do. Um, How amazing is that? That's incredible. That is cool. okay. Sometimes it's just kind of, I don't know, perhaps I'm just a really annoying person and don't realise it, but I just kind of make chances. Because yeah. if you don't ask, you don't get. It's just that whole yeah. thing. And what's the worst that can happen? They say, no, sorry, we can't, you know, we're not interested. Yeah, which actually brings us nicely on to our next set of questions, which is about bookature. And so I was thinking, if I was an author and I was thinking of submitting to bookature, and perhaps you can just tell us a little bit about who bookature are, what three tips would you give me? Okay, so bookature have been going, this is our 11th year of trading. We have sold over 60 million books. Wow. Um, which is not bad going, really. We've we've moved from a company of one, which is when Oliver set it up 11 years ago. Um, we were bought out by Hachette in, I can't remember when it was, to be honest, two, maybe five years ago, maybe even be longer than that. Um, and we're now a company of 54 people, which, so we, you know, we have kind of grown rapidly. Um, we are publishers of commercial fiction and what we say by commercial fiction people always say you know what is commercial fiction and we kind of say commercial fiction is you know it's what readers want to read really it's you know go onto the supermarket shelves in tesco's and go and look at what the commercial fiction is um you know it's good writing it's that stuff that's unputdownable it's compelling and it just makes people want to pick it up and, and kind of carry on reading um so that's kind of a bit about Bookature. And I would say for somebody who wants to submit, I was trying to think of three things, and there's more, way more than three things. But I think submit a finished manuscript. We do ask for a finished manuscript, and we ask that to be polished as much as it can possibly be. Um, make sure that is sort of like a good, clean, clear submission as well. Um, and make Make it a concise pitch would probably be my second point. So, you know, know your book yourself. You know, I know when I bought out my second book, people were like, what's your book about? And I was like, oh, well, it's not as good as the first one. It's about this girl. And she kind of, you know, she was she did this and then she did that and then she did this and she got this book and he was really nice. And I didn't really know what my book was about myself. So you've got to kind of be really concise and know what it is yourself so that you can pitch it to other people and so that you can pitch it to a publisher and they can then kind of, you know, we want an editor to kind of come to our submissions process and say, okay, I've got this great book from whoever, this is what it's about, I really like it. So it's got to be something that's concise, that's a pitch. 
And something I think probably the other thing as well is make it really hooky. You know, if you can if you can make it as hooky as you possibly can, that's going to be one of the best things that you can do. And hooks are not easy. No, they're not definitely. Yeah. Um, in, that actually brings on to the next question quite nicely. So. Just um, sort of give us a, a brief overview of the submission process. Obviously, once it's received at Bookature, how does that work? Yeah, sure. Um, we see everything that comes through to us. So we actually look at everything. So it comes into our system. As I say, we ask people to submit a full manuscript. Um, it goes into the system and we um, we allocate that book to the best person for that book at that time. So we have a team of editors and the person who manages the submission process will know who is working on what at a particular time. So they'll know who, which editors have got space on their list, which editors have got space on that on their list for that particular genre, which editors love a particular genre. So, you know, if there's somebody that loves sci-fi, it would be ridiculous to give a sci-fi book to somebody who doesn't love sci-fi. So kind of looking at all that sort of thing as well. Um, and, um, you know, looking at that sort of pitch um, and then it goes into the system. They read it. If they need somebody else's opinion on something, they would look at that as well. Um, and they're kind of, you know, looking at um, something that we can acquire quickly, which is why we want a full manuscript. We have a really quick publishing model. And loads of people have said to me before, is it true that Booker will make you write three books a year? And we're like, no, don't be ridiculous. You know, if you've got three books a year, you know, sometimes we will publish three books a year, but it could be that that one, two of those books have already been written. Um, so they can just go through the editorial process. But the whole digital process is so much quicker than traditional publishing. So we can yeah. kind of get it into a schedule and get it up as quickly as, as possible. Um so yeah, I think does that kind of explain? That's that's great. Yeah, that, thank you. That's really informative. And we, well, we'll just say as well, we do aim to get back to people within four weeks. We're normally much quicker than that, but four weeks is our kind of outside time. We always say to people, you will you will be notified within four weeks, and we also will get back to every single person that yeah. submits to us. Yeah, you do. Well, that's yeah. that's fine. That's really good, and that's really. I'm just thinking about when I was querying back in the day um a four-week turnaround is massively impressive like for oh. a company to offer that is amazing yeah it is you know but I think we understand that you know there is so much and I'm probably going to get slaughtered by the whole publishing industry for saying this the, the publishing industry is known for a not getting back to people uh, yeah b not getting back to people very quickly c ghosting people you know all of that is just rotten and we know how that feels so you know we really do feel that that's one of the most important things about you know kind of the whole process there is nothing worse and one of the things that I certainly come into it from with my author hat on I've sat in many meetings and gone oh you can't do this it's, it's horrible you don't know what it feels like to be an author you know mm -hmm. I'm not an anxious person or should I say I was not an anxious person before I became an author but then you give somebody your work and you're like, oh, my God, they haven't got back to me in two weeks. That means they hate it. They're telling yeah. everybody in the whole industry that it's awful, <laughs> yep. that I'm rubbish, I'm never going to be made an author, um, you know, just all of that. And, and we just try and make that process as painless as we possibly can for people. 
I think that's brilliant. And I, I'd also say as well that for the one of the reasons that we've set up this podcast is for um, writers that want to become authors and for authors that want a bit of handholding and a bit of support, because I think it is horrible sometimes when you're going through that process. Somebody might have asked for a fall and you still don't hear anything and you get ghosted. That's happened to me on several occasions. But like it's there's lots of it that can be really, really stressful and really anxiety provoking and it's not to say that this podcast can solve all of that but if we can talk about it and make you realize that it's not just happening to you I think sometimes that's helpful um but to know that Bookershaw know that as well and are actively trying to support authors is brilliant I think the whole you know there's been lots about it in the press right lately but I think the whole publishing industry really needs to step up and realize that you know it's not fair to do these things you know I see it all the time I hear stuff in groups and Mm. I'm forever I've talked to David Shelley who's the CEO of Hachette and said we need to do better yeah there's people on the end of those words absolutely (laughs) but that does bring me nicely to my question which is how does Booktour support their new authors after publication we want authors to come to us and we don't want to publish people for two books for three books and then go off somewhere else we want people to come to us and have a career of working in books writing for us um, so, you know, that's kind of something that's really, really important to us. And um, we want to work with them on taking that career forward. So we'll work with them on, you know, kind of if they're not sure about um, social media and what they should be doing, we'll talk to them about that and how they can do things better. We do all sorts of things. We have um, we have a, a Facebook group that we run um, with all the authors in, which is kind of a really nice supportive place where they can kind of go and talk about stuff and then if there's things in there that kind of get raised somebody says I don't know I don't I don't like the way you know Booker have done this with my book then we can kind of jump in and I manage that, that um, forum and I kind of jump in and go okay let's take this out of this group and let's go and deal with the issue and yeah. you know and let's go and talk about it talk, take, to, take it to your editor and you know because they're the person that can deal with this and, and do what needs doing um, and we can kind of go away and deal with this. We do that. And we have editors that come in and talk about the best way to write a hook, you know, how they can do settings. So they'll come in and do um, sort of editorial sessions, I suppose you call them. Um, so we do all sorts of things like that. But, you know, for us, it's not about just publishing three books. It's about building authors' careers and we'll support them however we can. And we're constantly doing promotions. So, you know, we had a book recently, it was a book that somebody wrote eight years ago and we put it in a book club and it did really well and got into the top 100. So, you know, it's not it's not a case where a book comes in and then it goes off again and we never deal with that book again. We're constantly looking at promotions, constantly looking at things that are going on with Amazon that we can just keep those books, keep on earning money for the author. When, and, you know, we always say that we give the same opportunity to every author to become a best-selling author that's not to say that every author is going to be a best-selling author because, obviously, if we could make everybody exactly the same, we would, but we would still do the same. So, you know, the money that we put behind the marketing spend, if it works, we'll just keep, you know, putting marketing towards it. We don't kind of go, here's your budget. When it's run out, that's it. That's it. Type of thing. So, you know, it's constant support. And and data, We, you probably hear this a lot. We monitor data all the time. We're looking at Amazon data. We're looking at Facebook data. We're looking at, you know, we're looking at the pages that people are reading, all that stuff behind the scenes. We're working on that and making that better and stronger all the time. Tina, were you going to add something though? I was just going to ask, like, for specifically with the romance 
aspect of um, Bookature, how how what's the romance brand like? Um, obviously, you mentioned commercial fiction in general, but I was just curious to know, like, how, what kind of romance books do Bookature publish? Are they romantic comedies? Are they true romances? How would I know if my book, my romance book, fitted into um, Bookature's? I think what we would always say, and when we're looking at books, um, we are always looking at characters that people want to root for. That's really, really important. I've just read two absolutely cracking um, books that weren't book of your books and one that was a book of your book, and it was kind of everything for me. It got all those tropes in it that we all love. It got characters that you absolutely adored and you want to be friends with the characters. Um, you know, you'd got kind of, they were relatable. You kind of just wanted to jump in the book. You wanted to be their friend. Um, you, you just wanted to kind of, I don't know, it's like being a fly on the wall in those books. And I think all of those kind of things for a romantic book are the things that people are looking for. Right. Thank you. Yeah. And so I suppose the, the other little bit is then, so how can people um, find the details to send something to Bookature? Um, on the website, so the book, the website is bookature.com um, and we have a submissions portal on the website so you can kind of go and have a mooch around the website and have a look. Every, all of the submissions, um, the details are on there so it will tell you exactly how to submit, what we're looking for and all of that. So yeah, it's all literally done through the website. And for readers out there who love your books, where can we find you, Kim? Where can our readers go to find you, your books? Well, I'm, no, if I, I should have on the front of my books, Kim the Bookworm, rather than Kim Nash, because I think I've just got to the stage now. Yeah. People think my surname is The Bookworm, which is really good. <laughs> so everywhere you'll find me, I am Kim the Bookworm on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. Really badly on TikTok. Lucy, you need to give me some TikTok tips. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm kind of going to say that. Um, but yeah, um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, I'm Kim the Bookworm, so I'm just there. Great. Thanks so much to the incredible Kim Nash there. Absolutely amazing and such a brilliant guest to have with so many different hats on in the publishing world and just an all-round brilliant individual. So thank you so much to Kim for that. Um, we'll go back to our regular scheduled format programming from next week onwards. Um, we'll do the catch-up, we'll do the theme and we'll do the accountability stuff at the end as well. So we'll see you then. Thank you for listening this week. And if you've enjoyed um, our show, please do leave us a review. We'll be eternally grateful. And uh, join us next week for yet another Love at First Right podcast. <laughs>